of the power of love. We are in our series having a little fun with it, and I am super excited that you're here. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and we're ready to have a little fun today. Come on, one more time. Give me a little love. Come on. Yes. Glad that you're here. Now, last week, I talked about the things that I love, but I forgot a very important thing that I love. All right, I'm going to throw the image on the screen for you. Are you ready? Thank God for lemon pound cake. Anybody love lemon pound cake? All right, yes. Thank you. Me and Brian Reed, we ate more than our share. So everybody who has brought stuff to the office, Ms. Rapolo, thank you so much. Uh, that is why we are robust, I can promise you. You bless us way beyond what we deserve, and we're super, super grateful. So thanks for showing the love, man, when you drop off that food or anything that you do when you come by the office. You always lift us up and encourage us, so thanks for being there. Now, so if you're probably wondering, all right, we're in this series. We're going to be going through this for a few weeks, and you're going, but where are we going today on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, we're going to be talking about... The the power of love, and I'm going to challenge you. This message is tough, so hang on and let's grab a hold of where we're going today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. If you are a follower of Jesus, okay, this is already saying, listen, if you claim Jesus, you say you're a Christian, check these words out. All that matters is your faith. You kind of understand that, but then it continues. That faith that makes you love others. If you want to know if love's important, if you want to know about the power of love, he's saying, listen, if you want to talk about knowing me and connecting with Jesus, he's going to say, if you know me, your faith is going to drive you to love others, and it's going to be all that matters. Now, I don't know if you really grab a hold of that like I do, but I'm like, it seems like there's a lot of other things that matter, but Jesus is really trying to drive the point home all the way through the New Testament. And we're going to see that through different scriptures, but why we struggle in America is because we think, well, there's other stuff that matters, right? I'll give you a couple of things that may matter. What about things like my accomplishments? You, you know how this is. You're going, it's the Super Bowl today. Someone at the end of this day, some of you chief fans, you'll be going, they're going to be holding it up again. I can tell it already. Put the image on the screen for them so they can know what I'm talking about. It's that Super Bowl trophy. Because we know all of the energy and the effort the entire season goes into that moment right there. And everybody's going, my accomplishments matter. And if it's not the Super Bowl and that trophy, all the Swifties out there, this one's for you. How about Taylor Swift this past week, winning more Grammys. That's what she does because in our culture, we have award shows. We recognize great accomplishments, whether it's in the music field, the sports field, the business field, all of those things are important to us. So it's really how you spend your life. People are talking about it. It's like, man, it's not about love. It's about I got to make money. I got to accomplish things. It's even what you teach your kids. A great example is when you go graduate school. That's a great accomplishment. Get the first job. Get the promotion. Climb the ladder. It's all about what you do with your life, your accomplishments. That's what matters. But we're going to see. Jesus is going to challenge that a little bit. Well, and if that's not one that really touches base with you, maybe what matters to you is your bank account. <laughs> Because as you will see, even in those pictures I just showed you a minute ago, let's go with Mahomes and let's go with Kelsey and let's go with Swift. Look at this little statistic right here. Your bank account, I have a feeling no one's in this stratosphere. $500 million to play football. You go, come on. I go, hey, I'll take that tithe. Come on, just go ahead and send that money. I'm just kidding, all right? How about Kelsey? If 500 wasn't enough, Kelsey's $57 million a year, all right, to play. Thinks it's like his whole contract. I think they break it down over the years. But $57 million to play football, not a bad deal. And if you're jealous on those, Swifty's going to take you to the next level. You ready for this? How about $1 billion doing music? And now some of you are going, man, I wouldn't turn that down. That's what you're working for. That's what this whole thing's about. 
And I know this is how hard she has been working to make it happen. Look at this little breakdown of how that money, you know, actually comes into her pocket, whether it's recording, whether it's concerts, merchandise, all these different things because your accomplishments and your bank account, that's what the world judges as successful. Now, after those examples, you might be saying, are you sure that love is all that matters? Because I just saw a bunch of examples where maybe it's accomplishments and maybe it's money. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to draw your attention to a passage of Scripture that's going to rock your world like it's rocked my world. It's Luke chapter 12, and Jesus breaks it down for us in a whole nother level. There was a rich man whose land had produced a bountiful harvest. This was someone who had a large bank account, and they had accomplished a lot. Two points I just brought up. He asked himself, what shall I do for I don't have any space to store all my goods? I, I, me, you're going to notice, I underline all of them on the little verses there. Why? Because he's all about him. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build me some bigger ones. And then I'll say to myself, I've so many good things stored up for me. Now I can rest, eat, drink, and be merry. Retire in style, baby. That's what I'm going to do. But then look at the rest of the verse. But God said to him, now remember, this is Jesus talking to us. This is like where it kind of goes, oof. You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and then to whom will all your things belong? It's like, hey, okay, you've accomplished all this, you've made all this money, but if you're coming home, if you die right now, does it really matter? Well, he continues, thus it will be for anyone who stores up treasure for himself, but, here we go again, is not rich in what matters to God. I showed you the first scripture. I'm bringing it back up again. What matters to God? Now, I'm not going to judge this guy because I don't want you to either. Because if we're all honest, you probably got a storage shed somewhere too. You probably got your garage full of stuff or you got a, you know, a rented facility somewhere or a building in the back. And we have a tendency as Americans to go, hey, man, we need more stuff, more money, more stuff. That's what happens. But the problem is, and this is where I want to really work with you as I work with myself, as we try to be more like Christ, hey, I don't want to just think about myself. See, this was this guy's problem. He only thought of himself. He got all these blessings, but it wasn't about anybody else. And it wasn't the fact that God had just blessed him. It was the fact that he didn't even think about blessing other people. That's why I underlined all the other eyes in there. It's not that God was just blessing him. It was the fact that he really would not think of other people. So as you go on, what you to evaluate yourself. Evaluate your life. Evaluate where you are. Is it about accomplishments? Is it about your bank account? Is it about your stuff? Because we all know this is kind of the way the world is. It's like, man, I got my stuff. This is my stuff. It's in my storage shed. This is my house. It's my whatever, my cars. The reason I bring this up is because in the next couple of weeks, me and my brother are going to be going back and forth down to South Alabama to clean out some of my dad's stuff. As many of you know, uh, he was a car nut. My dad loved cars. He loved stuff. And I took this picture of this shed because this is his garage, all right? He has his cars in there. He had all his stuff in there. And what was so fascinating about this is over my life, I can remember him accumulating more stuff. And he would always be talking about, I got this or I got that. It's kind of the culture that we're in. And then my dad, as he got to the end of his life, he began to change the way he thought and begin to change what he put his emphasis on. And here's my warning for all of us. Thanks to my dad, I get it. 
If we are not careful, we will miss what matters most by focusing on stuff really that doesn't matter. So what matters to God and what is most important? How about 1 Peter 4, 8? You ready for this? Above everything else, that means cars, money, bank accounts, stuff, houses, boats. You can go through all of it. Above everything else, be sure that you have real deep love for each other. Because remember, and this whole idea of remembering how your love, how love in general will cover a multitude of sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I mess up a lot. I don't know about you, but we don't get it right all the time. And here we go with these great reminders of going, here's what's most important. Above everything else, you better love each other. Because that love covers up even the mistakes that we make in life. It's a big deal. It's very powerful. And because Jesus kept driving home the point throughout the New Testament, and all the writers in the New Testament kept coming back to this idea that if you love, it's about relationships. A relationship with God and a relationship with other people. Now, if I'm going to drive home the point my dad woke up to towards the end of his life, it would be with this picture right here. Because towards the end of his life, it wasn't about the building that was in the background. It was about the relationships in the foreground. My dad was battling terminal cancer. He had brain cancer. And as he spent more and more time on this earth, and he realized his time was getting shorter and shorter, it wasn't about the stuff in the background. It was about the people that were around him. His wife, his kids, his grandkids. And in hindsight, I think he had some regrets on some of that. He kind of would look back and go like, man, maybe I shouldn't have spent so much time doing this. Maybe I should have spent more time working on these relationships. Well, this picture I'm going to show now is the last picture me and my brother took with my dad. And the reason I show it is hard for me and my brother, but one of the first times in our lives, my dad cried openly and for a lengthy amount of time as we were saying goodbye. This was right as we walked out of the house, the last time we would take a picture of him alive. And my dad couldn't speak. Remember, he lost his ability to communicate. But with his eyes and with his heart, he was telling us, I love you. I love you. And I'm telling you that when all the other stuff kind of gets in the way, you can miss what matters the most. And my dad and my brother and me and all of us in here hopefully now are kind of challenging ourselves. Is it about our accomplishments? Is it about our stuff? Or is it really about the relationships that we have or maybe that we wish we had see death has a way of reminding us of what's important all of us are going to pass from this world into another world hopefully for you heaven hopefully in a relationship with Jesus you will get there but I can tell you it's coming and as you're approaching that the decisions that we make now matter it has a long time effect and it's not just about eternity it's about what happens in this world right now and I found this video because I think it's a great illustration of love really does matter. And there really is power in love. And it comes down to relationships. And this young lady right here has a great testimony we can all learn from. Watch. Earlier this month, out of the clear blue sky, a small Mylar balloon floated into the parking lot of the local Heroes restaurant in Auburn, California. Yes. Lisa Swisley is the owner. I found the balloon right over here. Right over here? Yeah. And I saw some writing on it and started reading it a little bit. And I, oh my gosh, this is it's so, it was so deep and emotional. The balloon was signed by a girl who lived 450 miles away in Whittier, California. 
Her name is Ashlyn Maracino. She's 16. And although she was happy to learn someone found her balloon, that restaurant was not her intended target. Have you ever let a balloon go and watch it? It really does look like it's going to heaven. And that's like, I want him to know that I still love him and all that. Ashlyn meant that balloon for her father. <laughs> Scott Maracino died of an aneurysm in 2009. And Ashlyn has been sending him messages on his birthday ever since. On this balloon, she wrote, Dear Dad, you have missed so much and I miss you. There's this guy I met, Bryant. He's really nice, funny, and sweet. I've been playing softball for 11 years. I'm hoping you're helping me get those home runs. I wanted to share my accomplishments, my life. I wanted to tell him what he missed out on. And most importantly, she wanted to apologize for all the times she didn't write. Scott spent a few years in jail for robbery. And during those years, he sent Ashlyn hundreds of letters and handmade cards. I never responded. You never answered him? Never a real letter, no. Even after he got out and turned his life around, Ashlyn says sometimes she would still ignore his phone calls, including his very last one. I didn't answer the phone, and what if he wanted to say, I love you, and I would have liked to say that, but I didn't get to. How many of us go to bed at night with the same potential for regret? How many of us might one day be just this desperate for one last contact? Fortunately for Ashlyn, she's pretty sure she got through this time. On the balloon, she asked her dad for a sign. And when someone somehow found her note in the local hero's parking lot of all places, that was enough for her. Just gave me faith and hope again and reassurance. And it was, it's pretty amazing. Take it from an angel. You know, thank y'all. Thank you. I mean, you know, Steve does a great job because that video, you know, I look at all these different ones and I try to find the ones that fit for the message. And you really want to know if it matters. It wasn't about bank accounts. It wasn't about accomplishments in the sense that what she accomplished, she wanted to know that there was a relationship connected to those accomplishments. Playing softball, I wish you could see it, Dad. I really wish I'd answered the phone. I wish I'd have done things differently. Remember I told you love covers a multitude of sins? And then to think about that, that sign, 450 miles, and here's the sign to say, I got you. I do love you. This is why today's message matters. You're still here. You have relationships that matter more than anything else. 1 Corinthians 13, say it like this, no matter what I say, no matter what I believe or what I do, you are bankrupt without love. This is how important, how powerful relationships are. You're bankrupt without it. Love is extremely powerful. And we overlook it. We neglect it. We just don't take the time to work on it. And as we walk through this series, I'm not going to leave quickly. I'm going to try to work on this point because this is the main thing of the New Testament above everything else. Love deeply. There's these ideas that just keep driving us home to it. This is what it's about. There's a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that reminds us just how powerful love is. And when I show you this, we're going to walk through it, and I'm going to pick out a couple of verses, and then I'm going to put a point on the screen for you. Write them down, download the app so that you don't forget them. For example, if I could speak in any language in heaven or earth, 
but I don't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise. How important is love? It's like, man, it's, it's more important than even the words that you speak. Because if you speak words without love, it is absolutely empty. Doesn't mean a whole lot. Continues, living a life without love means nothing that I say will matter. This thought continues when it's just driving home. It's like, well, you know it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you say these things, but yet in your heart, you're not working on these relationships and you're not working on living love out, man, then your words can be empty. Here's another one. I may have the gift of prophecy. I may have all knowledge, but if I do not have love, then I am nothing. When you start looking at all these verses, it's kind of like, man, the gift of prophecy, what's all it's about? It's like, hey, man, if I can see the future, if I knew what's going on and I have all this knowledge, it really doesn't mean anything if I don't connect it to love. This is where it's so important. Knowledge without love is worthless. And think about it. We're smarter today than ever. You got smartphones, you got, you know, AI and all this stuff coming out, how smart we are. But yet still in the world, there's war and hate and crime, abuse prejudice, violence. Why? Well, just maybe because what the world needs is not more knowledge. Maybe this is our problem. Even for the church, it's like, do we really love the way we should? Are we known for our love? It's not what we say. It's not all this knowledge that we have. Let me tell you how smart I am. I've studied the scripture or I have looked at this and I'm smarter than you and I know more. It's like, yeah, but are we living in love or treating people with love? Even if I have the gift of faith, here's another verse for you. Seems like faith will be important, but even if I have faith and I could speak to a mountain, enough faith to go, move mountain. I mean, that's a lot of faith. It would still be worth nothing if I don't have love. So even our faith, that's right, faith without love is absolutely powerless. See, this scripture is reminding all of us today but some of you are going, well, okay, Josh, now hear you, but man, I believe in Jesus. That's not important. Well, sure it is, but reminder, so does Satan. He believes. The deeper question, the better question is, is do you love Jesus? See, because if you love somebody, it's a little bit different than just saying, hey, I believe in you. It's like I'm willing to do what no one else would be willing to do. Jesus showed us it really even meant I was willing to die. I love you enough that I would sacrifice for you, as we talked about last week. See, it takes more than belief to please God. 1 John is another reminder for all of us, and I will put on the screen for you. If you say, I love God and hate other people, see, it's bigger than your faith. It goes on, look, hey, I love you, God, but then I'm not treating people right. I'm a liar. I can't say that I'm right with God and be out of sorts with people. If I don't live a life of love, nothing I believe will matter. Man, this is next level. See, we didn't really get this growing up church. It was always about you got to study, you got to believe, and you got to know and all these things. But it was like somehow we overlooked the most important thing, which is are you going to be known for love? Will you share love? Will you remind people how important they are by loving them? And then if you go back to church growing up, I mean, this was a big one. What about giving? It's like it was always these different ideas, like you need to be giving, you need to be faithful. And of course, we talked about it last week, of course. But giving without love has no value. So if you just give for whatever reason in your mind and you don't really love, then it's pointless. 
prove it. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and I've even sacrificed my own body, but I didn't love others, I would be of no value whatsoever. And this isn't my words. This is Scripture over and over and over again. How important is love? How big a deal is it? It's a pretty big deal. See, some people, they give out of guilt. They give to get back, you know. Some give to control others. But whatever it is, it's like, hey, if you don't really give with this love in your heart, then, man, it's pointless. I'll illustrate it this way. If you're married or have kids and you go, I just don't understand. I bought my wife everything, and she's still leaving me. She doesn't love me. I've given my kids everything, but they just don't seem to love me back. Well, did you love them, though? Did you love her? Did you love them, or was it just about stuff? If you really want to drive it home, look at 1 Corinthians 14. The next chapter after the love chapter, which is usually described as the wedding chapter, the love. But no, it's way bigger than just a wedding. It is the way we treat everybody. And it's this idea right here. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. So what are you known for? What am I known for? Are you known for loving people or are you trying to teach them? I just need to correct them. I need to argue with them. I need to prove my point. Or is it about stuff? Is it accomplishments, money, all these different things? But do your kids know? Does your wife know? Does your neighbor know? I love you. So we go after a lot of stuff. We go after the win today, man. It's like the win. We got to win today or success. I need the better job or a promotion or more money. But go after love as if your life depends on it. That really is the goal. Now, I know I'm not great at it, and I'm working on it. That's why I'm in this series. I'm trying to listen and learn just like hopefully you are. I've actually created another little handout for you because Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And these are some handouts that are available for you, for your family. So you can go on the app. You can download them. It just gives you some suggestions because love is action. I'll give you another word we may talk about next week a little bit. Love is a choice, too. You have to choose to do it. It's not a feeling. It's something that you have to choose to do. Well, I just don't feel that way. Well, man, listen. Remember in middle school, you felt a lot of feelings. Can I get an amen? They weren't all right. Amen. Love is a choice. And you have to choose to invest in relationships with God and with others. Because relationships matter the most. And when you have a relationship, love should be the driving force behind that. Now, I've got one other video for you that if you needed another tissue, go ahead and pull it on out because this is a great example of sacrificial love. And when I showed you the Luke passage and you talk about, you know, owning stuff and building all this stuff up, this is the perfect video. It's amazing to me how Steve Hartman can pull all these stories together. And then I'm like, every time I'm looking through all these, I'm like, God, I cannot believe this video is here. This is perfect And this is a great reminder. Listen to what they say. Listen to what it was all about for them. And you're going to understand real quickly, man, we can all be a fool. But it's not too late for some of us to change and get it right like this couple did. Watch. This week, 45-year-old Corey Cunningham was rushed to Houston Methodist Hospital, the first patient ever brought here to have his bachelor status removed. Corey has an incurable brain tumor. He's on home hospice, but the good doctors and nurses at Houston Methodist brought him back to the chapel and arranged all this just so Corey could cross off the only thing on his bucket list. 
get married. Taisha Evans is his bride. That was the one thing he wanted to do before he died. <laughs> Taisha and Corey dated seven years. And although he knew he wanted to marry her from the moment they met, she turned down his proposal nearly a dozen times. Because his job was more important. Corey worked in oil and gas, traveled the world, and made good money. Money was everything to Corey. But not to her. Hi, Taisha. Taisha always said she would never marry a guy who was never around. And my husband. So what changed? Happened to hold? It's not what you think. Taisha says pity played no part in her change of heart. She says Corey still had to prove he was the man of her dreams. Fortunately, one of the few blessings of a terminal illness is to understand what true love takes. Everything about him is just completely different. When you walk in the room, you could feel it. The first step in his transformation, acknowledging he'd been a fool. Yes, because I could have been spending more time with her. The second step, making up for all that lost time. Was it a sense of relief when you finally got married? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I feel like I'm lucky to man alive. This Valentine's weekend, a lot of guys and girls will celebrate with fine food and even finer jewelry, but not these newlyweds. From this day forward, for worse, for poor, and in sickness, Corey and Taisha will honor the harshest demands of their wedding vows because they know those are the only parts of the promise that guarantee you a happily ever after. Steve Hartman, on the road in Houston, Texas. Come on, y'all. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, I just trip out on that kind of stuff because you and I don't know until you have to put yourself in that position. And here he is. He's telling you. They're telling us. I was a fool because I put all my time and energy in things that didn't matter. What matters the most, what was most powerful, is, are these relationships. And I don't want you to miss it. Would you pray with me? Today, God, is a day for us to start over. Lord, we can focus on accomplishments. We can focus on money. We can focus on a lot of other stuff that doesn't matter. But we see clearly in Scripture that it really is about love. The way that we love you. And when we love you, God, you will call us to, you will help us to love others. Lord, if someone doesn't know you today, I pray that they would say, Jesus, I want you to come in my life because I messed that up a lot. And I want you to change me. I want to be more like you. I need your grace. I need forgiveness. I need a fresh start because I got to make it right. And your love covers a multitude of sins, all of my sin. So I want to be able to love the same way with the people around me, my family, my friends, even strangers. I can't do it on my own, Jesus, and I ask you to come into my life and change me. And thank you, Jesus, that you hear us and you promise to help us and that you loved us first above everything else, God. You showed us by the sacrifice and the power of that love matters. In Jesus' name we pray.